Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Corpus Christi, Coastal Bend, listeners worldwide, welcome on in to another edition of the Sunday Sports Rush right here on News Talk KEYS, 1440 AM and 98.7 FM. I am your host, James Espinosa, behind the glass, producing the show, being a co-host and being one of my best friends. It's Aiden Tucker. What's Gucci with it? Alex is also one of my best friends, and he's in here as well. What's up, Weister? I'm glad to be here as always. We are here. It's episode number 122, live from the 1440 Keys Americana Arms Studio, and we're pumped. 122. Wow, crazy. We are just climbing up in the numbers. Soon it'll be 125, 130, and then towards the end of the year, it'll be 150. That's kind of crazy to think about. But, yeah, go ahead. And funny enough, next week is going to be my one-year anniversary on here. Nice. One year? Mm-hmm. Or two? Not, per- is not it going to be two? Two, Alex. Yeah, man, time flies. Two. It'll be your two-year anniversary with us. That is crazy, yeah, actually. Yeah, that is insane. So if you want to get in on the text line, hit us up, 361-882-5397. Time is merely a flat circle And we are just here biding our time. And we want you to join us this morning and talk some sports with us. Coming up at 9.50, I have a Dusty Baker complaint, Uh and he has set me off. The Astros continue to struggle. Dusty Baker last night did something that is inexcusable. I'll tell you that at 9.50. At 9.30, we do have some Major League Baseball talk, a full segment of baseball because it's much deserved. Ellie De La Cruz is lighting the league on fire, and holy crap, the Angels last night put a shellacking on the Rockies. We'll talk all that at 9.30. At 9.20, we have a mega fight that is brewing. A mega fight that is brewing. We'll talk about that at 9.20, but right now, go ahead, Aiden. We are celebrating this morning. It is official. That's right. Turn it up. Victor Wimbanyama's here. Let's go! Yeah! Wimby! Let's go! We're hyped! San Antonio! Let's go! Wimby! Let's go! Let's go! Go Spurs! Go! Go Spurs! Go! Yes! 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 Wimby! Wimby! Go Spurs! Go! It's Wimby! It's Wimby! He's in San Antonio! I love you! I love you! Wimby! Wimby! 
Wemby, Wemby. Okay. All right. We. Alex, you should have pulled out of your camera, man. Wow. I. <laughs> You should have pulled out your camera as soon as I you... was shocked. I don't think I would have been able to process that. 361-882-5397. Oh Victor Wembanyama wow. is a spur. He's here. I'm excited. Hit us up with your takes on Wembanyama. Will he win the Spurs another championship? And if so, how long will it take? How much coffee did that you That is the question morning? of the day. How much coffee did you drink this morning? Uh, barely any. He's high. He's just high on the Wimbanyama hype. That's I'm just it. high on sports. Sports is my drug. All right, and I'm here <laughs> and I'm delivering. So three six one eight eight two five three nine seven. Wemby's here. Question of the day to the listening audience: Will Wemby bring another title to the Spurs? And if he does, how long will it take? Let's start with Aiden. Answer that question. I, I, I truly believe in his talent and what, what he can bring on the court. If he stays healthy, which I think that's the main that's the main concern, I think he's gonna ball out and be skillful in the NBA and score. You know, he'll he'll I see him averaging low twenties with ten rebounds, like like several blocks a game, even if even several dimes, you know, out of double teams and whatnot. Um, but it all depends if he's healthy, but if he's healthy, and, and the, I know the Spurs are, are are a championship organization that that will find a way to put the right pieces around him, I, I do see a chip in the future. There we go. How long do you think it takes for them to compete, Weister? I would say at least next year at the soonest. There's a lot of free agents that we didn't really expect coming into the market this offseason. But I don't think they really need to go out and blow all the money that they have on the free agents that are in the market this year. I think it's more of a year to go out and build a supporting cast. But keep your eye on who's coming up down the road because then you could fill out and then sort of plan to try and lure in those guys who are coming into free agency next year. And since we are the home of the Spurs, we're going to have at 1030, just kind of teasing ahead, Jeff Garcia will be on the line with us, our good friend of Ken's 5 San Antonio, host of the Locked on Spurs podcast. We'll ask them all the Wemby questions, all the Spurs franchise questions at 1030, so stick around for that. So the Wembenyama era started. We were at Twin Peaks for our party, yeah. and when this moment happened, Aiden, when Victor Wembenyama was selected number one overall, go ahead and play that audio. Let's get it out the way. With the first pick in the 2023 NBA Draft, the San Antonio Spurs select Victor Wembanyama from Nantar, France. When that moment happened, I lost my ass at Twin Peaks, and both these gentlemen in here with me can attest to that. I even got a side eye from some guy who was sitting next to us. I guess he was annoyed by my excitement by Wemby. Guess what? We're at a sports bar, and the NBA draft is on. We're not at a damn library, dude. Yeah, he What's wrong with yeah, you? Yeah, he gave you a dirty side eye. Yeah, I would also attest to that. I was rocking my Wemby jersey loud and proud. I shook hands with the majority of Spurs fans. It was awesome. It was great. A good time. Many beers were consumed by yours truly. Yeah. I was a little bit of the drunk uncle at Twin Peaks with you these guys. Sure were. <laughs> These guys with the little grimace on their face, uh -huh. they know exactly what I'm talking about here. But overall, I would say it was a fun time. And some news came out, of course, ever since Wemby has been drafted and he's made his rounds around San Antonio. 
He landed on his private jet. The San Antonio fans were there waiting for him. He looked very excited about it. Things are just an immaculate vibe right now. And as a sports fan, as a Spurs fan, for all my life, I can never remember a moment more exciting than what I am currently living right now. And I'm pretty sure that Spurs fans can attest to that. There's so much promise. There's so much hope. There's so much optimism going forward that, man, it just seems like right now in this moment, the Spurs fan base is on top of the world. It just really feels like that. And quick note here, Popovich, Greg Popovich, of course, head coach of the Spurs, he said that Wembenyama will play in the summer league. Quote from Greg Popovich, as I said before, I've only spoken with him on the phone a couple of times, so I got to get a better feel for where his head is at, Popovich said, as Wembenyama was getting drafted. Popovich said that, he, uh, you know, um, that they believe that they're going to make a decision at some point and that they feel that Wembenyama will play at least a little bit during the summer league. And the summer league does kick off in early June. I believe the first date or early July, I should say, I believe the first date for summer league is July the 5th. And of course, the NBA has the Spurs playing against the Hornets and the Spurs playing against the Blazers. So you're going to see Wemby versus Brandon Miller. You'll see Wemby versus Scoot Henderson at Summer League. Smart play by the NBA, yeah, of, course, of course. Match up the top three picks against each other. Yeah. It's going to be it's going to be a fun time. So the Spurs' future is a big thing that's being questioned right now. You know, the past four seasons for the San Antonio Spurs, they haven't finished over 500. 32 and 39, 33 and 39, 34 and 48. And then this year they bottomed out at 22 and 60 for the second worst record in the entire league. Yes. Wemby joins a Spurs team that's been heavily reliant on young players. Mm-hmm. The Spurs top 5 scorers in total points were all 25 years old or younger. And that didn't include last year's number 9 overall pick Jeremy Sohan who averaged 11 points and 5 rebounds. Keldon Johnson, Devin Vassell, Malachi Branham and Sohan helped form a core for what San Antonio has going forward now. Do we feel that that core should be kept intact to work with Wemby? Or do you think the Spurs might use one of those core members right there to entice a trade to bring in a more veteran scoring presence? Uh, that's a tough one because the the Nuggets, the Nuggets, you know, they they kept their their core together, and they yeah. all, and what they did was they brought in a couple of role players, saw championship level role players. I feel like that's the way the Spurs should go instead because I feel like uh, team chemistry and continuity is a thing. the 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 super team era is gone. I don't, I don't, I'm not high on the Suns at all with what they did. Yeah, no. And, yeah, the the only time it really worked was like you know the big three and the Warriors, but I think teams are finally caught up now. Yeah, and. Uh, yeah, I rather I rather just keep uh, these players. They're they're young and they have room to develop. And you know the Spurs are the Spurs are great at developing uh, players that they draft. And so, um, yeah, I I don't think that um, I I feel like there are a couple of free agents that the Spurs could sign that you know can help them that aren't like big stars like Brooke Lopez. I, I'll I'll ask Jeff uh, about him later to see if the Spurs are interested in, in signing him because. Wemby wants to be a four, right? And so that's a perfect signing. To, so could Brook can easily play the five, and he could stretch the floor as well. He, but but he he's not one dimensional, Brook Lopez. So that that could be that could help out the team. And uh, yeah, that that's what I would do. How would you play it, Alex? Would you, if you're general manager Brian Wright, are you keeping that young core intact and having them form this bond and this relationship with Wemby, or 
are you pushing the button and saying, hey, we got to start competing immediately? I mean, Aiden sort of touched on what I was saying. Just bring in some guys who can sort of fill out the roster and prepare for that big push to that you're going to eventually make with a player like Victor Wembanyama. But just see what you have. Like, don't try and force making something out of this. Of course, if it doesn't work, then try and make some trades. But why not take the pieces that you have and see what they can do with Victor Wembanyama and then go from there? Because who knows? Maybe the roster that they have around him ends up working extremely well, and we don't really think that they need that much, that many more pieces. So we don't really know because this is such a massive player. Who knows if he just doesn't fit in with a roster and they need to get a bunch of more pieces, but it's to be seen. I think you're one, and I agree with both of y'all's takes right there, very sound takes. I think you're one with Wembenyama is going to be a trial trial, year trial and error, yeah. for these young core. And it's going to be a year where the front office, where Pop, where R.C. Buford, where they're looking at these guys and saying, who can really play with Wemby? Who does Wemby bring the best out of? Who doesn't fit with Wemby? Year one's going to be about fitting this giant puzzle together. And then, in my opinion, year two is when you start seeing the Spurs acquire more veterans, more role players, and maybe even go after a bigger star. And I know he's left a bad taste in Spurs fans' mouths, but an interesting player that I think would have fit pretty nicely with him is DeJounte Murray. I can't lie. I feel like yeah. that combo would have been really good. You know, in hindsight, right, DeJounte with his ball skills would have fit nicely with but Wemby. But we couldn't have pictured this. It's yeah. just not possible. But but the Spurs made the trade for obvious reasons yeah. to try and tank and lose as many games as possible. So without the DeJounte Murray trade, who knows? Maybe with DeJounte Murray, they win five more games, and then the Spurs are picking number five or six, and they get one of the Thompson twins or something. I mean, that it's a butterfly effect yes. when you think about it. Go yeah. ahead, Andrew. And uh, I remember telling you this, like, back when we first started the show about the Spurs' future, and I and we repeatedly said we don't like the Spurs being NBA purgatory because yeah. I I told you, James, I wanted the Spurs to, you know, have a bad – if they're going to have a bad year, they need to – I was envisioning – you remember? I was like, you know, Jokic and Antetokounmpo. I was envisioning the Spurs getting a, a good Euro talent. And it's finally, and it finally uh, came true two years later. It happened. The patience paid off. Spurs mm -hmm. fans, Team Tank, it paid off. I want to play one last Wemby clip. It's really quick. This was Victor Wembenyama after he was drafted at the NBA draft. Just extremely emotional, at, 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 you know, as he should be about being drafted number one overall. This is courtesy of ESPN. Victor, bienvenue a la NBA. Gracias. Tell me what this emotion, tell me about these tears. It's just accomplishing something that I've been dreaming of, you know, my whole life. Hearing that, that sentence from Adam Silver, you know, I, I've dreamed of it so, so much that, you know, I, I got to cry, man. He's got to cry. Get it, Wemby. It, it's crazy to me when you look at him and then hear his voice. It, it's such a disconnect in my <laughs> brain because I'd never heard him speak yeah. before that. But listening to it, it's like his voice is a lot deeper than I would have possibly imagined. He speaks very well. He does. He very really good does, English though. for a French guy. So there we go. How, what are your thoughts on Wembenyama? Get in here on the text line. Does he bring the Spurs another championship? And if so, how fast does he do it? What year does it happen? That's our question of the day. 361-882-5397. Hit us up on the text line. But coming up next, 
Could this really be the fight of the century? It's coming up next in the 920 News. Sunday Sports Rush, episode 122. James, Aiden, and Alex hanging with you till 11 a.m. Coming up in 15 minutes, we got some Major League Baseball talk. Going to go over the standings, who's hot, who's not. Ellie De La Cruz of the Reds lighting the league on fire. Had a cycle the other night. We'll talk about him and his ascent to stardom in these past two weeks since he's been in Major League Baseball. That's coming up in 15 minutes time. Our question of the day, will Victor Wembanyama win an NBA title with the Spurs? And how long will it take for that to happen? We got people weighing in on my social media feed on Facebook. Ryan's in here. Ryan says three years. I think he's going to feed off the San Antonio fans big time. The best fans in the world. I didn't even care for basketball until I went to my first game. The passion they bring will fuel him to live up to the hype. I do like that take. I think three years is a little, that is a little hopeful. I think three years will be probably the best, well, best case scenario will be this year. But three years, uh, that's, to me, that's a little hopeful. I'm more in the five to maybe six year range that they win a title, me personally. And I actually want to touch on that thing where he didn't care about basketball until he went to a game. That's funny enough, like a thing that I hear from a lot of people is when you go to a game, they put on not just the basketball game, the pace of it, the energy in the stadium, but the shows that they do and all that, it's it's really worth your time to go to one. The NBA is such a fun live sport. It really to is. Watch. I know on TV, sometimes it could get monotonous, sometimes it could bog you down with the fouls and everything like that. But in person live, seeing those athletes out there doing things that you would never think one can do with a basketball, seeing their height in person is also another thing that just kind of blows you away because on tv yeah we know these guys are tall but in person when you really see it you're just blown away good take right there ryan he says three years dominic is in here one more and then we'll get to our uh topic this segment dominic is weighing in on when victor Wembanyama could win the spurs a title and if so how long dominic says he's got to stay healthy bro he has the game to stay on the outside and shoot a la kd Eventually, he will add some muscle to his frame, and then he will be a bigger problem. So he just has a general take on Wemby, saying Wemby has to stay healthy, and if he adds that muscle, he's going to be a huge problem. I agree. Look, he's a 19-year-old kid. He weighs 225 pounds. He's lanky. He's seven foot five. Yeah, there's a lot to grow for Victor Wembanyama in terms of his frame, and I think the NBA, uh, the Spurs in particular, will... Try and do that as best as they can. 361-882-5397. Weigh in. Question of the day. Will Wembenyama bring the Spurs another title? And if so, how long will it take? Hit us up on the text line. 361-882-5397. Right now, though, it is time for the 920 News. Holy, there's a lot of news. And now the news. We have a super fight potentially in the making. This broke this past week. Mark Zuckerberg has apparently agreed to a fight with Elon Musk in a cage match that would feature the billionaire leaders of two giant tech companies, Meta and Twitter. Whether the two moguls are joking remains to be seen, but 
This exchange happened on Twitter while replying to a user discussing Meta's plans to build a Twitter rival. Musk challenged the company's founder on Wednesday to a cage match if he's up for it. Zuckerberger responded to a screenshot of the tweet and said, quote, send me location in a story on Instagram, which is owned, of course, by Meta. Musk's Twitter executive chair and chief technology officer suggested the Vegas octagon referring to the UFC apex in Las Vegas. So, and it has gotten, this, this news has gotten to Dana White's desk. Dana White has commented. I think Dana White said that he could make it happen. And even Logan Paul has jumped in and said that he would promote the fight as well. Oh, man. Omega fight. Now, I know this probably uh, won't so happen. It is hilarious to think about Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk fighting each other. But if they were to fight each other, who wins this hypothetical battle of the media technology titans? Easily uh, Mark Zuckerberg. Just because yeah. he won those jujitsu, he, he was winning jujitsu uh, matches. Uh, recently as last month or whatnot. There's also, I believe, like a 13-year age difference or something like that, or, or, or like a, a 13, 15-year or something like that. You know, I, I really don't have a winner in this fight because I both... <laughs> I have problems with both people. Would yeah. you watch? I would watch, yeah. I, I, I think probably it's hard would, not I, to. I probably would root more Zuckerberg, but he, he's banned me so many times on Facebook, I still lose a sour <laughs> taste in my mouth. And then Elon Musk, ever since he took over Twitter, he he took away uh, people's ability to use bots. You know, every Breaky Bad frame is, for, is stopped right now. Because he took away that bot yeah. ability? Yeah, yeah. you can't see the the dinger, the wooded dong. You can't see that anymore. The what? With, with the home run, the home runs. Uh, oh. Uh, it's a home run bot. Oh, okay. It, it shows you if, if there's a home run uh, hit out this certain park or not. Oh, wow. Man, and, that, uh, yeah. I, I, I see, and then I see all this Nazi propaganda on my Twitter more yeah. often because of this. And I don't know. I have problems it, with both guys. It's the battle of, of two evils when you think about it. And, Alex, yeah, what, you, Alex what are your thoughts? Your thoughts, Alex? Who I wins mean, this hypothetical fight? I, I agree with Aiden completely. I can't say I've ever seen Elon Musk in any sort of... Not even just like a fighting aspect, but any sort of athletic aspect ever. So I have no idea if he would even be able to match up anywhere close to Zuckerberg. So I feel like it would be a very quick fight and probably not really worth anybody's time, honestly. So Aiden did mention this, but Zuckerberg recently won gold and silver medals in his first jujitsu tournament. And this happened just earlier this year. Uh, in a competition back in May. So one has the jujitsu. He could just take Elon down and smother him and just choke him out. And now I, d I do want to touch on that gold and silver medal thing. He had silver initially, complained about something during the match. They redid it, and then he won gold. So he won two medals in the same match. Elon Musk did come back and say that he has a move that will take Zuckerberg down. It's called, quote, the walrus where Elon Zuckerberg or where Elon would just essentially smother Zuckerberg on the mat and force him to tap. That's not how that works. I that, mean, that's he, what Elon said. That is not how that works. So there we go. I mean, Elon's kind of pudgy. I mean, he's not. I mean, he's not. I mean, I wouldn't say he's uh, <laughs> the most fit person, but he's not like a complete slob either. Either so. Yeah. So there we go. This hypothetical fight of the Titans. Will it happen? Who knows? But it was just a fun little, quick story to get to. And kind of talk about here real quickly during the 920 news. That wraps that segment up. 361-882-5397. Our question of the day. Will Victor Wemanyama win a, a title with the San Antonio Spurs? And if he does, how long will it take? Hit us up on the text line. 
5397. When we come back, we dive into some Major League Baseball talk. This kid is taking the league by storm. We talk some Major League Baseball after the break. Stick around. Welcome back, Sunday Sports Rush. It's James, Aiden, and Alex with you till 11 a.m. Coming up in 15 minutes, Dusty Baker has set me off. The Astros lost again last night to the Dodgers in a pathetic fashion. We'll have an Astros report for you coming up in 15 minutes. You're going to want to stick around for that. I got some things to say about Dusty Baker and his lack of sticking up for his team last night. Shout out to Crossroads Clinical Research. If you're looking to lose a few pounds, then pay attention. Our friend of the show, Jerry, over at Crossroads Research, has an exciting new study involving a pill version of an amazing medication called Munjaro. Crossroads is currently looking for volunteers to try this weight loss pill. There are some conditions. You have to be diabetic and have heart problems to qualify for this study. So if you need to lose a few, if you're diabetic, you have those heart issues, call our friend and sponsor Jerry over at Crossroads Research at 361-288-4668. That's 361-288-4668 or... Hit them up at number3cra.com. That is number3cra.com. Thank you to Jerry and Crossroads Clinical Research for sponsoring the show. Jerry actually texted me this week. He was in Los Angeles with his son. Mm -hmm. He sent me a picture of him at the Angel Stadium watching the Angels and Shohei Hotani was pitching. So I was like, damn, that's pretty cool. So Jerry got to see Shohei live in person this past week that's pretty awesome yeah right this there. is this was uh this is before the angels select the rockies right yeah and uh you know you're bringing that up right now let's go ahead and talk that real quickly the angels last night beat the rockies 25 to 1 the angels had 28 hits the angels had a 13 run third inning and set a franchise record for runs and hits in the 25 to 1 route over the Colorado Rockies. The interesting thing about this, you're thinking, oh man, 25 runs? Shohei Otani must have went off. Shohei last night was one for seven at the plate. He did have a run scored and one RBI, but he was one for seven. Mike Trout, three for three, three runs, one home run, one RBI. So Trout went off and everybody else just pretty much dominated this Rockies team. So you look at the Angels and the Angels are six games back of the Rangers. They're a half game up on the Astros. They're in second place in the AL West. Yeah. And there was an interesting video I saw from this. I believe it was that one hit from Shohei. It looked like him at least. I Who was starting for the Rockies? Was it Freeland? I think this was the game before, Alex. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, it was. But, yeah. Last night, the winning pitcher for the Angels was Canning, and the losing pitcher for the Rockies was Anderson. I mean, they had four pitchers go out there, and pretty much all of them got yeah, rocked. Anderson the Anderson pitched two and two-thirds, gave up nine earned runs in his start for the Rockies. I find it interesting that they left Shohei out there for so long, but after three at-bats, they pulled Trout. Yeah, interesting. Maybe they just, you know, wanted to get Shohei some at-bats. I mean, he bats all the time, but yeah. one for seven, you know. Look, you're going to have a bad game, but still, 25-1, to one, the Rockies... Uh, got shellacked by the Los Angeles Angels. I mean, Trout's been banged up the last couple seasons, so there's no point in having him out there when you're up like 20 runs. Some more baseball news. The hottest team in the majors, the Reds. They were on a 12-game winning streak. 
And on Friday night, Ellie De La Cruz became the youngest major league player to hit for the cycle in 51 years as Cincinnati uh, beat the Braves 11-10 to on Friday night. Now, Ellie De La Cruz is 21. He had a double to open the second inning, had a two-run homer in the third, hit a run-scoring single to center in the fifth, and then tripled in the sixth for his fourth RBI of the night. We have the play-by-play audio. It's absolutely electric. This is from John Sadek of Bally Sports up there in Cincinnati. So give this a listen. Ellie De La Cruz hits for the cycle. This Reds team is going to have a lot of scoring opportunities. De La Cruz right center. Down base hit. Could he go free? India around third. India scores. It's a cycle. Electric factory, baby. It's a cycle. And that that's that the, was that's great. the announcer that replaced Tom Brenneman, right? Yes. Yeah. It, it, yes. Yeah. Definitely so. Dude, that was an electric call by John Sadick. That was so good. And I mean, the Reds, they have a lot of interesting players to watch. Of course, you heard him on the call. Jonathan India, he's another one of the players. Joey Votto, Tyler Stevenson. They got some decent starting pitchers in Graham Ashcraft and Hunter Green. Oh, Hunter like, Green's a beast. This isn't like a horrible team by any means. They're extremely fun to watch. And the Reds did lose last night, 7-6 to six to the Braves, so their 12-game winning streak was snapped. But the, I, the story, though, with the Reds is ever since they brought up Ellie De La Cruz, it, that 12-game winning streak kind of coincides with when yeah. he came up. De La Cruz, as a rookie, he's been absolutely fantastic, man, and... This kid is special. He's powerful. He is super fast. Yes, and I I believe I looked at it, and I think it was 10 seconds from hit to third, which is absolutely nuts. That That is is crazy. That is ungodly speed right there. And he had the cycle. That's amazing. And the Reds, man, look, when Cincinnati, when the Reds are a good baseball team, Cincinnati is one of the best baseball towns in this country. That stadium has been absolutely... One of the best sports towns in general. just jumping off in that stadium at Great American Ballpark. So the Reds, they're doing quite well. And if you look at the Reds here, bringing up the NL Central standings, the Reds are currently in first place by a game and a half over the Milwaukee Brewers. The Reds sit at 41 and 36. The Brewers at 39 and 37. So I, I got I got the Reds. I, I think they're too dynamic. The Brewers are always mid. So. Yeah, I, I hate to agree with you, but it's true. I, I don't, I mean, yeah. I, I like them. They're a fun team to watch. The, Brewer, the Brewers are a boring team. The Reds are more fun. I don't got anything against the Reds. Uh, I don't either. They did beat the Astros in a series at Minute Maid Park. So, yeah. But who isn't beating the Astros lately, right? Yeah. <laughs> Funny. We, we, talk Astros, we talk Astros in 10 minutes. Um, go ahead. I also didn't know this. Ellie De La Cruz is a switch hitter? Yes. <laughs> okay, this is just... This is a... He's a factory child. There's This is not a real human being. There's no reason why... Somebody who can switch hit and run that fast is allowed to be a baseball player. This is wrong. He's he's a super athlete, man. And and that's just amazing to see. Another young player 
who's just growing the game, reaching new markets. It, it's yeah. fun. There's so many great young players. Yeah, in the he, he, right he's now. a he's a oh, he's like an O'Neill Cruz that gets on base. He's this year's version of O'Neill Cruz. Yeah. Remember, no, but O'Neill Cruz was batting below 200 most of this season. Yeah, yeah. no, he, but, he wasn't as good of a batter. But remember, last year O'Neill Cruz was the story of the summer. He was the the young rookie. That yeah, was, I mean he had talent and he had like you know, but he's still good. O'Neill well, Cruz he, is still he's a good hurt, player. He's for hurt the right now, so yeah. I can't I can't judge him right now because he's injured. I got but. to see O'Neill Cruz live in person when I went to Denver last year and saw the Rockies and Pirates, so that was a pretty fun little thing for me. Another news note here in the Major League Baseball week, and if you have any takes, hit us up on the text line 361-882-5397. How's your baseball team doing? Let us know. New York Yankee slugger Aaron Judge said Saturday he has a torn ligament in his right big toe and is experiencing pain when he walks. When the Yankees placed Judge on the injured list June 6th, the team said he was dealing with a contusion and a sprained ligament in his right big toe. There remains no timetable for the return of the reigning American League MVP. This does not look good for Aaron Judge. No, it does not. And it does not look good for the Yankees. And ever since Judge left that lineup, the Yankees, much like the Astros, have been struggling to produce runs. They're kind of hit by that injury bug. Yeah. Their pitching is not that great yeah, this I mean, year. They're missing, what, two or three good starting pitchers? Let's just say the rest of the AL is loving this right now. Yes. Yeah, the AL is like, it, it, you know, it's like, a, it's like a big guy like me on Thanksgiving, just ready to feast. <laughs> Yankees manager Aaron Boone said Saturday he expects Judge to return this season but did not provide any guarantees. This is a quote from Aaron Boone. The reality is we're without him right now, and we've got to find a way to get it done, Boone said. We have the people in there to get it done. We just got to do a better job right now putting pressure on the opposing pitchers and defense. Well, yeah, I mean, you got to do that. But yeah. it's yeah. easier said than done when, you know, uh, especially if the MVP was back in your lineup. And he's not right now. And, of course, yeah. Judge, American League record last year, 62 home runs. He was hitting 291 with 19 homers and 40 RBIs this year. He was batting really well when he was At the time of his injury. Yeah, so that's a huge loss. Much like the way Jordan is a big loss for the Astros, yes. this yeah. is the same thing. Without Judge in the lineup for the Yankees, they are just not that complete. And, and uh, I, another similarity is that I, I've noticed the Yankees and Boone in his lineups. Like he, same thing with Dusty Baker. It's always switching stuff around and no continuity in there. Just absolute, you know. Chaos. At least Dusty has a ring though from last year. But still, it's like, you know, it's a new year now, and they're both delivering the same results. It's hard to be consistent when you're missing the big guy in the lineup like that, man. It's, I mean, it's tough. I mean, look, I do have some sympathy for Dusty Baker and. We'll dive into that more here in about 10 minutes' time, but it's tough to fill out your lineup card and put together the best lineup when your key cog is missing. Next news item in Major League Baseball talk, Luis Arias of the Miami Marlins. My God, this is an amazing story this season. This kid is hitting like a machine, and he has a ridiculous stat line right now. Currently hitting 402 batting average, 35 RBI, his OPS is 939. OPS, of course, listeners out there, is slugging percentage plus on-base percentage. Um, so you pretty much combine those. He has a 939 OPS, uh, which is pretty elite. Anything above 900 and in the 1,000s in OPS, that is elite status. So Luis Arias, just another young star, another stud who's doing his thing, and... The Miami Marlins are actually competing this year. They're 44 and 34. 
They're in second place behind the Braves. They're six games back, but still, they're contending for a wild card. Yeah, so bye-bye. Any uh, uh, Jorge Soler's not going to be on the trade market, so that that dream is over with. So, um, yeah, you know, the Marlins, you know, they're they're, an, they're another exciting team and whatnot, and I, I, I like what this Arise is doing. He doesn't – I wish more hitters had his approach to the plate. He doesn't hit for power. He just tries to put the ball in play. Yeah. What? Man, it doesn't make sense. Sometimes I, I'm not a baseball player by any means, but it doesn't make any sense how more hitters don't have his approach. They just want to belt that ball well, out. Well, because there. in this day and age, you're getting taught launch angles. You're yeah. getting taught how to, you know, you got to hit for power. That's the thing. Arias has some of the worst uh, exit velocity and worst launch angles. Like, and he's playing into yeah. it. Well, he's just a pure hitter. He's going to his strengths. He's I, not I a power guess, guy. I guess not everybody's Luis Arias. But. but yeah, I mean, it's it's just plain and simple. He's playing to his strengths. But I mean, it, the future is extremely bright in the MLB. Nonetheless, I mean, there are so many young players that are extremely fun, and the fact that Ellie De La Cruz is playing so well, and he's might not even win Rookie of the Year because of Corbin Carroll. I mean, another young stud for the Diamondbacks. Yeah, that kid's a freak. He's in what the 99th percentile of I, sprint speed. I think as we wrap up this major league segment, the one thing we can take away is that baseball is in very good hands. Absolutely. With a lot of the young talent that is coming up and producing and just Absolutely. making more fans drive, uh, bringing in that younger audience that baseball has so desperately needed. This is a fun time if you're a baseball fan no. and that's going to wrap. Oh, you got something? Well, going no, the one thing I will say about this season so far is that, you know, I know we don't like to see the Astros struggling, but at least the other big boys are struggling too. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you got a point with that. And there's still a lot of baseball to be played. The summer months are upon us. The All-Star game is coming up. And, yeah, man, this is a great time for baseball. That's going to wrap up our baseball segment, 361-882-5397. Question of the day. When does Victor Wembanyama win the Spurs a title? Does he win them a title? Let us know on the text line, 361-882-5397. When we come back, Dusty Baker set me off, and the Astros are spiraling down the AOS standings. We have an Astros report next. Stick around. Sunday Sports Rush, episode 122. James, Aiden, and Alex with you till 11 a.m. Coming up at the top of the hour, we dive right back into the NBA draft. Our takes on the draft, some more Victor Wembanyama audio and observations now that he is a San Antonio Spur. Let's dive right into it. It's an Astros report. We're continuing our Major League Baseball, but right now we're specifically focusing on the Houston Astros. Last night was a wild-ass game. The Dodgers win eight to seven. That's not even the that's not even the the brunt of it. They win eight to seven. Alex Bregman had a grand slam, which I thought that secured the Astros' win. That was nice. Bregy hit a grand slam. Good. I, I mean, Lashes Astros. That was a win. No matter exactly. What. It, it should have been a win, right? But then the Astros, of course, go to their bullpen, and in the seventh inning, Phil Maton gives up two runs. Which makes the score at the time yeah. uh, seven to five, mm-hmm. and then in the eighth inning, Brian Abreu comes in. He gives up two runs. Score is seven to seven. Three straight walks to start the. I know the home plate up was really bad, which which factored into that, but still, like 
some of those walks are, aren't all in the up, but you know, that's on you. And then Dusty Baker decides to bring in Ryan Stanick. 7-7 seven to seven game, right? We're hoping Stanick can get out of this inning. There's a runner on third. There's two outs. Ryan Stanick is called for a balk. The runner on third scores off the balk. It's 8-7. to seven. Now, it's very controversial, this balk. Some, I don't think it was a balk. It looked like Stanick stepped off, but the second base umpire is the one who called the balk and said that Stanick uh, made some kind of move, which forced the balk. Well, first, wait, wait, first of all, before the balk, there was a call of ball that should have been a strike. That should have ended the inning. That too. The home plate umpire was really bad. So, so the balk happened. Stanick is absolutely peed off. He gets the out, and then whenever, you know, the score's 8-7 to seven Dodgers, Stanek is going back to the dugout, and then Stanek starts to just go off on the second-base umpire. I've never seen Ryan Stanek that upset. He got his money's worth. Stanek gets ejected. Dusty then goes out. He gets ejected. So they both get ejected. The Astros end up losing the game 8-7. to seven. But my one gripe of this whole situation is, in a moment like that, 7-7, a balk happens, run scores, it's a controversial call. Dusty Baker left Ryan Stanek out there to dry. Why wasn't Dusty Baker out there protesting the call, which was controversial? Why wasn't Dusty Baker out there fighting for his player, fighting for his team? Dusty Baker stayed on the front step, did not even move, let Stanek get ejected, and then Dusty Baker, after the fact, goes out there to try and save face, and he gets ejected. Dusty Baker should have been out there when that call happened. Bruce Bochy goes out there. Tony La Russa goes out there. Lou Pinella goes out there. Dusty Baker did not fight for his team last night, and that pissed me off. We saw more fight out of the Sinton first base coach in their game against yeah. Bernie. Than we did out of Ryan Stanick had more fight than Dusty Baker, and that is sad. A manager needs to stick up for their guys in a situation like that, and that really got me disappointed in Dusty Baker. His lineups have been questionable. Some of his pitching decisions have been very questionable. This year for Dusty Baker has not been good, and I, I, I get it. I'm hot take. I'm reactionary right now. But if this thing continues to spiral, Dusty Baker will not be the manager of the Astros next year. Well, this was an issue in the beginning of the year. We were touching on this like in the beginning of the season when he was rolling out some of those lineups and we were seeing him make changes. We were like, that's a bit odd, but we're here for the change. Let's just see if we can try something different. And, and as yeah. the time has gone on, it's just been getting like, okay, why are we doing this? We saw the changes in the beginning. Stuff started to work and we just keep changing it. And, and it I, just keeps going. And I don't understand what Dusty Baker has against Chas McCormick. He Chas McCormick should be out, out there as a, you know, everyday everyday outfielder. And if you want to put in Myers, then have Chas play for jokes. And but he needs to be out there most of the time, Chas. According to Chandler Rome of the Athletic, he dropped some serious tea on Dusty Baker this week uh, in an article he had. According to Chandler Rome, this is directly from the article. It's no secret inside Houston's clubhouse that Baker is not a fan of Chas McCormick's and hasn't been since early last season, which has somewhat impacted his playing time. But why? Like, like he's it. not any better. I mean, Jake Myers is not any better than him. I'm I, sorry. I do not get it. And, and, and if there's a ball that's hit into deep center field, I trust Chas McCormick to get that ball over Jake Myers. Chas McCormick had the greatest catch in the history of the Astros franchise last year in Philadelphia in the World Series. And Dusty Baker, for whatever reason, has this 
agenda against him. Chaz McCormick has the second or has the third best OPS on the team behind Yanir Diaz and Kyle Tucker. I I just the, I, I don't get Dusty Baker right uh, also, now, dude. Also, like he needs to play Yanir Diaz more. You need to play guys that are actually uh, you know producing uh, hitting wise because this lineup's been what. They're 29th in OPS. Yes. In the entire league. That's just unacceptable. And I know, okay, injuries are playing a factor. Let's be real. They didn't start with Altuve. And then as soon as Altuve gets back, Jordan gets hurt. But still, I mean, you're, you're a World Series champion from last year, bringing back mostly the same guys. The the drop of performance should not be happening. Maybe it's a pitch clock thing that they still haven't adjusted to. Because let's be honest, the Astros are one, were one of like, the slowest teams in the league. Like Their pitchers had to take time. Their batters had to take time. I don't know, it, it, but still, like, your championship organization, figure it out. Here's a depressing stat if you're an Astros fan. Um, and this this, Ugh, this, this, per, this pertains to their offense. Now, last night the offense did good, but the pitching staff, the bullpen is what blew up for them. But when the Astros score three or fewer runs, they're 4-27. and 4-27 and when they score three or fewer runs. On the other side, the Astros are 37-9 and when scoring four or more runs. Last night, of course, they lost. They have a lot of problems right now. We've been talking all week during the group chat. Me and Aiden both believe that this is the worst Astros team since 2016 when they failed, oh, yeah. to, when they failed to miss the playoffs. And the 2020 or when team. Or they, when they missed the playoffs. And the 2020 team just had a buttload of injuries. And so that, you know, I still think that team was better. But, man, dude, it's just... I for I I for one do say that the bat that the batting has been the number one issue for the Astros throughout the year. That's what that's what's been responsible for most of their losses. Yeah. And then the second thing's the bullpen. But I I, I in the trade in the trade deadline, it, assuming the Astros don't fall f- more flat on their face than they already have. L- let's be real. If the trade deadline comes and the Astros have a losing record, I think they're selling. They're six and a half game back. If if it gets too dire, yeah. I, I I'm. I see them selling, but they gotta win some games to be alive in the race, so they can be aggressive to get a trade for a batter. They are six and a half games back of the Rangers, and right now they are a half game back of the LA Angels for the third and final wild card spot. And and, and one more point before I move on to to y'all guys, as as weak, I mean I wouldn't say weak, as thin as the starting rotation is, I don't think they've been an issue at all this year. The starting rotation, it's just they're not getting run support out. Like yeah. That. I agree completely, and you guys are more locked in on the Astros than I am. I'm still working my way into getting into baseball, and I think I've I've made strides on that, but I do keep up. I do understand what's going on, and yeah, as you were saying, the run support just isn't there. The pitching has always been pretty good for the Astros for the most part. They still have some quality people in the bullpen, and that top of the rotation, as you said, the top three guys, they're all quality. But you just need some more help at the bottom to finish out a series. And that's because Ronel Blanco actually pitched a pretty good game yesterday despite getting in trouble in the first inning. Retired 16 out of 17 batters after the first. But the run support hurt them. Dusty Baker... Just so disappointing last night, man. I expect better from my manager. Disappointing the entire season so far. It's just frustrating seeing the Rangers and Angels absolutely rake. If yeah, I, if yeah. I'm one and of, the Astros can't. If I'm one of the players in the clubhouse and I see that Dusty Baker didn't stand up for Ryan Stanek, if I'm Ryan Stanek, I'm upset at Dusty Baker. And yeah. I got a feeling a lot of Astros fans feel the same way about that. That's and Astros gonna, players. Yeah, man. Astros got the Dodgers tonight on Sunday Night Baseball. Let's see if they can avoid a sweep. Just avoid a sweep. We'll see. Sunday Night Baseball, Astros and Dodgers tonight. Tune in. All right. That's going to wrap up our 
Astros report right there. Get in on the text line, 361-882-5397. Let us know your thoughts on the Astros. When we come back, we dive into more Victor Wembanyama talk, more NBA draft. Hour number two is coming up. You are listening to News Talk KOIS 1440 AM 987 FM live from the Americana Arm Studios. We'll be back. Good morning, Corpus Christi Coastal Band listeners worldwide. Welcome into hour number two of the Sunday Sports Rush right here on News Talk KEYS, 1440 AM and 98.7 FM. I'm James Espinosa, your host, your fearless sports leader, joined by Aiden Ducker behind the glass producing and co-hosting. Cougars, I love Cougars. Alex Weister's in the building. I've already got a feeling this is going to be a lot more of a tame second hour as we got all of our energy out in the first. We did get our energy out, and I'm actually going to my Twitter feed, at Sir Edward James, at False Hope is tweeting me, one of my good friends on Twitter. He says this. He says, at Sir Edward James is heated as F this morning. That is correct. I am heated. There are some sports things that have just extremely... Got me upset this week. I am just, I'm livid at the Astros. Livid! I mean, imagine if the, if the Spurs had the number two or three pick and they drafted Brandon Miller. Oh my gosh. You would be extra mad. <laughs> yes, I, I don't even know if I would have survived. Let's go ahead and let's reward the text line. Our question of the day was, will Victor Wembanyama win an NBA title with the Spurs? And if so, how long will it take? We got Ryan L. on the text line, 361-882-5397. Ryan says it'll probably take a year to get used to the Spurs playbook slash merge with the team chemistry, but I could see them being back in the Western Conference Championship by his second season. That's bold. That is a bold take. Second season Western Conference Finals. I mean, hmm. t- Tim Duncan um, didn't Timmy did Timmy did that? He won the, the well, NBA the, title. The NBA title his second year, although the team was already established. Yeah, the the situation with Tim Duncan is a, was a lot different than yeah. Wendy because Tim Duncan came into a team. That had Sean Elliott, that had David Robinson, that had Mario Ellie, that had Avery Johnson, that had a, a, a solidified veteran core I mean, they already. Were, I mean, they were a playoff team, and then David Robinson got injured, and they decided to, you know. That core was a Western Conference Finals team, I believe, in 95 when they lost to the Rockets. Yeah. And then the Rockets went on to win the championship. So that core was solidified. This is a much different situation, but we appreciate Ryan getting in on the text line. Good take right yeah, there. Yeah, Ryan L, more like Ryan Dub. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. I, I got to get one in. You one bad it. pun a, a, a show. We got George D on the text line. Shout out to George getting in this morning. George is weighing in on the Astros. So let's get George's take on the Astros. George says, good morning, guys. I agree with you with the Astros. I am a true and very hurt Astros fan this morning. Have a blessed day, y'all. Yes, George. And and thank you, George. We appreciate that. We hope you have a, a great day as well. And thanks for getting in. Yes, Astros fans are hurt this morning. Last night was probably the worst loss of the season. One of the worst displays I've ever seen from Dusty Baker not sticking up for his guys. Absolutely pathetic from Dusty. Absolutely pathetic. Weigh in on the text line, 361-882-5397. Get your takes in here. We're with you till 11 a.m. At 1030, we will have Jeff Garcia of Kent's 5 San Antonio. He's going to talk to us about... Wemby Mania in San Antonio and where the Spurs go from here. That's happening at 1030. Right now... We're going to talk some more NBA because the draft did happen. And just to recap, just a little bit of what happened in the NBA draft. 
Second overall pick after Wemby. It was a debate. Scoot Henderson, Brandon Miller. What is Charlotte going to do? Well, the Hornets went Hornets. And they drafted Brandon Miller over Scoot Henderson. So Brandon Miller going to Charlotte. And that's because Brandon Miller was talk, talking all sorts of crap about MJ and how MJ's not not even, you know, like his goat standing and all. He didn't think he was highly of him. He It's not like he did not want to go to Charlotte. He was trying to, like, he wanted to play with Dame in Portland and whatnot. Yeah, when that camera got on him, though, he was singing a different tune. Oh, of course. You're going to love whatever team picked you, right? Charlotte, Horn, uh, the Hornets fans, there's videos of the Hornets fans being absolutely disgusted with the pick because they wanted Scoot. They wanted they wanted to solidify that backcourt, you know, have LaMelo be, play more of a two-guard and then have Scoot and I be mean, the two-point. If Brandon Miller had a bit different of an NCAA tournament, maybe we aren't talking like this because he did not help his draft stock with but, that. But even with the gun, the gun that issue. That is the main issue, of course. I mean, we already know what 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 uh, turmoil John Morant's brought to the Grizzlies. Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I just I, I I don't like to say that this this guy's gonna be a bust. I don't like going that far, yeah. but I wouldn't be surprised if he's a bust, man. Because you know, most of Charlotte's picks don't pan out. You know, they had Kemba, uh, you know, last decade, and then Lamelo's been nice, but overall, they've been you know really I, I see bad. That, I see this as another. Um, Bus pick. So Brandon Miller goes number two, and it's the same Brandon Miller that our Islanders blanked for zero points in the NCAA tournament. So just a fun fact right there. Just a fun Brandon Miller stat. The Islanders did give him a zero points on the score sheet. Number three is Scoot Henderson. He goes to Portland. I like that pick. I'm, I'm very happy with that pick. I'm pretty sure you probably saw the giant smile on my face with that one. Now, there are reports out there that Dame was not in favor of drafting a po- another point guard because they do already have uh, a Freeney Simmons. Anthony Simons. Simon. Anthony Simons. They already have him. They got a lot of young guards. So this might be the, you know, the foreshadowing to a potential Damian Lillard trade. And uh, now the teams that are reportedly interested are the Miami Heat and the Brooklyn Nets. Of course. I mean, the Heat are in contention for literally every single trade candidate ever. I see the Heat. Ha- the Heat have mo- more assets to, to give for Damian Lillard. I do see if he's not with the Trailblazers. I do see Damian Lillard on the Heat. I and- can't see Dame going anywhere besides with the Trailblazers at this point, with how much he's been through. And yes, so unless, what if it's another? Guard? Unless Anthony Simons is a trade piece himself. That's what I've seen a lot of. I've seen Anthony Simons brought up in trade packages quite a bit. Interesting. So that's but, just go ahead. Yeah, but like I said, Scoot can play the point like he because he's more of a true point guard. Damian Lillard. I mean, he can he can play he, shooting guard. I mean, Damian Lillard. He's he could be like a hybrid Jamal Murray yeah. type of role where yeah. he could play he could play at the two, but if if needed be a, you know if uh, Scoot needs the to primary take a break, ball handler, then he can run the points. So. And, and then some NBA history was made as the Thompson twins, Amon Thompson and Asur Thompson, both go number four, number five. Amon Thompson goes to the Rockets. Asur Thompson goes to the Detroit Pistons. That was a pretty cool, uh, fun note right there from. Uh, you know, that just happened right there. Whenever uh, the Pistons drafted the brother, I was like, oh, wow, the brothers went back to back. So that was kind of neat. I did like that. And, you know, yeah. that, that was the top five of the draft. I mean, I don't want to dive into everything else. Uh, I guess we could say uh, Grady Dick definitely did have an outfit choice. That was bizarre. I mean, I mean he, On it, Thursday was, night. it was like a modern-day David Bowie, basically. Yeah. He, just needed the ma- he just needed the makeup. It was that or yeah. he was trying to channel his inner magician. I'm not exactly sure. 
some uh, Siegfried and Roy going on there, maybe Las Vegas-esque, but he ends up going to the Toronto Raptors at 13. The Mavericks end up getting Derek Lively, the big center, at pick number 12. Basically the only true big man out of NCAA that got drafted in the lottery. And then the yeah. Mavericks also got uh, at pick number, uh, where am I at, where am I at? Uh, pick number 24, Omax uh, Prosper. So those are their two picks. And then the Rockets got Cam Whitmore at number 20, which a lot of Lakers fans wanted. Yeah, 17. a pretty solid pick right there. So I think all the Texas teams had a pretty good draft. I would agree. Now, according to ESPN, they gave out their draft grades, right? The Spurs, guess what they got? Guess what they gave the Spurs for the draft? What? A B. What they gave a B. They I gave mean, them an A. Oh. They gave them an A. I thought they were going to... Because they didn't do anything crazy. I was just like, you know, it's just a standard B. Now, let me get into this real quick because... Oh, another SB rant. The Spurs Uh got a draft grade of an A. And in the second round, they picked CeeDee Sissoko, who's a French guard from who played with uh, the G League Ignite Ignite team. Now, Sissoko, you know, he's a big guard. He's like 6'7". He can guard the one through four, but he's more of a... You know, he's going to be a little bit of a project. He'll probably play with the Austin Spurs this year, but... Still, pretty good value, right, at pick number 44. Well, Spurs fans on Twitter, and there's a sect of Spurs fans out there who are just miserable no matter what. These people are pathetic. During the draft night, the same draft you drafted the generational talent Victor Wembanyama, there was Spurs fans calling for the job of Brian Wright, R.C. Buford, Greg Popovich, because the Spurs did not trade back up into the first round to get another young stud. These people are insane. If you're one of those yeah. Spurs fans that is just never satisfied, I cannot take you seriously. Now, yeah, it's okay to criticize the front office whenever they make mistakes, etc. But, dude, the Spurs literally drafted Victor Wembanyama, and you're upset? What is wrong with you? Are you that Mental? I mean, them not trading up. It was it was it wasn't like a thing set in stone where like we're really, really expecting this. It was sort of like this is something they could possibly do because they have the assets for it. This is what I saw on Twitter. Fire Brian Wright. This organization fell asleep at the wheel. Why aren't they taking the guy I watched YouTube highlights on? Let That's... the pros be pros and sit your dumb ass down. I'm tired of these idiotic takes from this sect of Spurs fans, dude. Y'all guys are pathetic and miserable, and I cannot fan like that. If they, I'm sorry. You're going to be singing a different tune if they do a sign-and-trade for Jalen Brown with the picks they would have used to move up and draft some random guard out of the middle of nowhere. Exactly. Let, Come on now. Look, yeah. it's like it's like that TikTok, uh, that TikTok thing. Let him cook. Yeah. Let I, him cook. Cook! If, Let if, Brian Wright cook! If yeah. we're two years down the road, they still have all these picks, the team isn't building out like we hope, then maybe say, say something then. But for and, right now, just let it play out. And then, you know, later on, if... Uh you know, if Brian Wright ends up pulling off a trade, getting getting the actual, you know, some somebody to caliber Jalen Brown, then we can, do, you know, do the other means. Oh, someone, then, someone cooked here. And then guess what? They'll love Brian Wright for that. But then yep. guess what? Two minutes later, there'll be something wrong with Brian Wright again. These people are never satisfied. I want to play the Wemby audio on his first impressions of San Antonio. This was Wemby in his introduction to San Antonio uh, Friday afternoon. Here is Wembanyama talking about his first impressions of San Antonio. You've been here less than 24 hours. 
What has been your initial impression of the city of San Antonio and its people? You know, what I've seen is only love. Um, even before I landed, we, we were seeing fans right outside the airport. Just people, you know, yeah, I felt so much, so much love from people who don't even know me yet, and that just pushes me to, to love them and to, to show them uh, as much love as I can and to, to give them as much fun as I can, too. So there we go. And City is showing love, baby. And that's just how Spurs fans are. If you go out and you see these Spurs fans, the ones that mainly go out, like the ones who are at the stadium, the ones who make these songs, these are the ones that make the Spurs fan base so likable because they, no matter who you are, if you come into this organization and you buy in, they will show you all the love that they can. I want to play it, and that's an excellent take, man. Spurs fans, they love their players. They really they, do. They support like no other, man. When the Spurs are hot, that city of San Antonio is such a vibe. I absolutely love it. I want to play this quick audio clip of Victor Wembanyama. And by the way, that audio was courtesy of Spurs.com. That was Sean Elliott interviewing Victor Wembanyama. This next audio, I pulled this from Twitter. And it's a reporter from Bleacher Report. And she is asking Victor Wembanyama about Riz. Oh, now, <laughs> now, Riz, for everybody listening out there, is short for charisma. charisma. And Riz is pretty much like your swagger. Yeah. Just for layman's terms, right? It's kind of a new age term, Riz. So they asked Victor Wembanyama about his Riz. And here is what Victor Wembanyama had to say about his Riz. Can you explain to me what Riz is? And do you think you have it? Riz is, and do you have that? Riz, uh, yeah. From what I know, and I'm not familiar with all English terms, but the ability to pull up to pull females, right? Uh, of course, I have it. Doesn't mean I use it. <laughs> what an answer! You not love this kid. I mean, that is so the ability to <laughs> the ability to pull females, right? Uh, of course, I have it. Doesn't oh, mean I use man, it. That is great. That is awesome. I I'm already just I'm already head over heels for Victor Wembanyama. Yeah. He has climbed the charts of my favorite players, and he hasn't even played a single minute yet. But what this kid is saying, how he's carrying himself, his demeanor, his attitude, the love that he's already you know showing towards the fan base. Yeah, man. I mean, this kid just seems like he's A1 from all aspects, and that's exciting if you're a San Antonio Spurs fan. That's going to wrap up this segment. Question of the day. Does Victor Wembanyama win a title with the Spurs? And if so, how fast does he do it? 361-882-5397. Hit us up on the text line. I'll get your reactions after the break. Coming up next, we got some NFL beef. Yes, an NFL beef has brewed this week. We'll fill you in after the break. Sunday Sports Rush, episode 122. James, Aiden, and Alex with you till 11 a.m. We appreciate all of you all getting in on the text line, hitting us up on Twitter and Facebook. If you're looking to lose a few pounds, pay attention. Our friend Jerry at Crossroads has an exciting new study involving a pill version of Munjaro. Crossroads is currently looking for volunteers to try this weight loss pill, but there are some conditions. You have to be diabetic and have heart problems to qualify for this study. So if you need to lose a few, you're diabetic, you have those heart issues, call our friend and sponsor Jerry over at Crossroads Research, 361-288-4668. That's 361-288-4668. For more info, hit them up at number3cra.com. That is number3cra.com. Thanks to Jerry and Crossroads Clinical Research for sponsoring the show. All right. We do have some reactions on Twitter. At War Eagle is hitting me up. 
at Sir Edward James on Twitter if you want to give me a follow. He has observations to make. Here's War Eagle. Glad to have him, but to be determined. He's talking about Wemby. Glad to have him, but to be determined. Good for the city, but we need a championship. We can't crown him this early. It's too soon. Oh, and a big middle finger to Houston for hating on Wemby just because they didn't get him. Such a loser fan base. <laughs> that is War Eagle taking shots at Rockets wow. fans. Yeah, Rockets fans have been kind of sour. They've been very, very sour I mean, this week. I mean, they've already been in the lottery the past two or three years. I mean, y'all what, got Jalen Green and all that. I mean, it was the Spurs' turn to be in the lottery. We got Michael in here. Michael was weighing in on the Wemby talk. Michael says, it depends on if he can stay healthy and the Spurs put the right people around him. If they do, probably between years five and eight that he wins his title. Okay, Michael, that's kind of the range I'm in. Five to eight, maybe four to eight. I think that's when we might see it happen. Keith is in here. Keith says, it'll take a few years at least and probably another strong draft pick. The new CBA will make it difficult to get many free agents, but personally, I like the new CBA. Was tired of all the, quote, super teams coming together. Facts. I like I that. Great take right there from Keith. Uh, the new CBA does make it a little bit harder to form super teams, and thus there's a little bit more parity in the NBA now. We've already seen parity start to come back to the yeah. NBA in recent years with all these superstars moving and sort of going out to other teams that we wouldn't usually see. I like that. Get your takes in on the text line, 361-882-5397. Will Wemby win a title? And if so, how soon does he win it with the Spurs? Let's talk some NFL because we did have some beef that occurred. Travis Kelsey and Jamar Chase are beefing. Now, how did this beef start? It started whenever Jamar Chase um, pretty much said that Joe Burrow is better than Patrick Mahomes. Now, Jamar Chase's quote, they asked Jamar Chase, what do you think about Patrick Mahomes winning the MVP, et cetera, et cetera. Jamar Chase said, Pat who? Which made uh, you know some Chiefs fandom and some Chiefs players kind of stick their head out. The Pat who comment, is what got Travis Kelsey going. Here is Travis Kelsey's response to the comments. Travis Kelsey ended up saying, it is what it is, dog. Who doesn't love some good locker room banter, man? Kelsey said. Shout out to, Tamar J- to Jamar Chase for holding it down for his QB, but don't you ever disrespect Pat Mahomes. Now, if you want to talk your S, talk your S, pimp. Just better back it up. Now, Here's what I am confused about <laughs> in all of this. I love NFL beef. The, the way you read it was... Well, yeah, that, but... Uh. He said he was backing up his QB, but his QB didn't say anything about Patrick Mahomes. He said he's the best quarterback in the league. So if Joe Burrow was saying, oh, I'm the best quarterback or somebody else is, that's different. But Joe Burrow is speaking highly of Patrick Mahomes, and then Jamar Chase just comes out of left field and says, who even is that? (laughs) What? Travis Kelsey went on to say, I thought it was a little bold. Mahomes is a two-time league MVP, two-time Super Bowl MVP. To say Pat who is like, I don't know. Yeah. Jason Kelsey, Travis Kelsey's brother, because they have a podcast together. Jason Kelsey said he thought it was, quote, a little disrespectful. And this is also from Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey said Pat didn't like it. Mahomes ended up tweeting a picture of himself at the Chiefs ring ceremony. Glad you guys had fun doing that, wearing his two Super Bowl rings with his declaration, that's who. So Patrick Mahomes ended up tweeting out a picture with his two rings saying that's who. 
So you can't deny it. Just some NFL beef here. And you know what? I'm personally here for it because I think Chiefs and Bengals, this is a rivalry. Yes. Yeah. This is a good rivalry to have. They've met in the playoffs. They've battled. I mean, Burrow, Mahomes, the two stalwarts of the AFC. Yeah, I want this. I want heat. I yep. want animosity. And these two teams will play each other again in week 17 in Cincinnati or yeah. in, in Kansas yes. City. And, and that it is hurt. such a good time to play And, and it hurts me as a Ravens fan seeing the Bengals are an established playoff team now. It's like, ugh. So Kansas City hosts Cincinnati week 17 on December the 31st. That is New Year's such Eve. a good time to play them right towards the end of the season. It's basically a playoff matchup. Props to the NFL schedule making for that one because that's perfect. Yeah, d- definitely so. Aaron Rodgers is advocating for psychedelics in the NFL. Oh, God. Oh, man. Aaron Rodgers oh, spoke Jesus. at a psychedelic conference in Colorado, of all places, of course. And Aaron Rodgers had something to say. Quote from Aaron Rodgers. Is it not ironic that the things that actually expand your mind are illegal oh, and the things on. that keep you in the lower chakras and dumb you down have been legal for centuries? Rogers said. Rogers also described taking ayahuasca with his teammates as "quote radically life changing." He he took a bad hit somewhere in the middle of his career, <laughs> a, a la Antonio Brown. Oh, I thought you I, meant he took a bad hit of psychedelics. No, no, he took a bad hit to the head somewhere. Now, and like he's like he's sharing like Robert Candy Jr. stuff now on, on his Instagram. Fourteen forty keys. I mean. <laughs> Now, let, let me just speak on this for a second, okay? Ugh. He comes from a team in Wisconsin. In Wisconsin, there is a lot of people who do a lot of things that are not legal substances. There is a lot of that that goes around in Wisconsin. I can attest to that. This man, his brain is likely in a puddle at this point because of all of the things that he has ingested in that state. And I am not surprised that multiple of his teammates have partaken in that. This is... He's just unhinged. One last quote from Aaron Rodgers before we hit the break. Aaron Rodgers is criticizing the bums who have never taken ayahuasca. Here's a quote from Aaron Rodgers. Because I guarantee you all these bums who want to come after me online about my experience and stuff, they've never tried it, he added. They're the perfect people for it. We need to get these people taking it. He's just quote. he is just your stereotypical stoner guy. Like you don't even try it. Aaron Rodgers is like the drug dealer of the NFL. Like yeah. he's the guy. You, <laughs> he's, he's that. that uh, uh, there's that clip of John Cena in that movie. I don't know if you're, uh, I don't even know what to talk about where he has like every single drug known yeah. man on him. That's that's Aaron Rodgers now. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers is hanging out with a big ass coat jacket in the corner, and people are just like, "Aaron, you got it." And Aaron just opens up his jacket. <laughs> And there's just all these psychedelic drugs like, yeah, what do you need, dog? It's harmless and it's funny. It is. I I, I like it. It's all in good fun. All in good fun. All right. Coming up next, Jeff Garcia, Ken's 5 San Antonio, Locked On Spurs host. He joins us. We got more Wemby talk. Where are the Spurs going? Keep it locked. An interview with Jeff Garcia coming up next. Welcome back to the Sports Rush Unplugged here in the 1440 Key studio with that nice acoustic intro. Aiden, of course, doing his thing behind the glass. All right. What a week it's been. What a weekend it has been. It's one of the best sports weekends of my fandom, especially when it comes to the San Antonio Spurs. And you know what? 
there's no other person I want to talk to to get the latest Spurs intel than Jeff Garcia, Ken's 5 San Antonio, host of the Locked on Spurs podcast. Jeff, good morning, my man. What is up? I am doing better. Um, I've been battling a bad cold, and of all weeks for it to hit, would be Wimby week. Oh, my but, goodness. Hey, you're, 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 you're playing sick. This is your Jordan flu game. Right, exactly. exactly. I, let me tell you, I've been playing the Jordan flu game since media, draft day, media day, and then, of course, draft night. But I'm good. But, hey, you know, I got to see uh, uh, history in the making out in New York City at Brooklyn. I was there in person to see the big night. Yeah. The so- most, most anticlimactic draft. And let me tell you. It really just felt like the win by Yama draft, and I'll go into detail on that in a while. Yeah, so so you were in Brooklyn. You were out there yeah. covering for Ken's 5, doing a fantastic job. All you guys at Ken's 5, man, I mean, y'all sent out a squad out there. Y'all guys had some amazing coverage, so, you know, shout out to that. But you were there. You saw yeah. it firsthand. You got to interact with Wemby. First yeah. of all, what was your initial thoughts when you first laid eyes on Wembanyama? And then when you first got to interact with him, what stood out to you the most? Well, it, let me start off the court. And, and what I mean by that is, sure, there was the draft media day and then the draft itself. But I was able to tag along with him at an NBA uh, community event out in Harlem, New York. And, you know, typical event, you know, a photo op. You know, he's, inter- he's interacting with kids, cutting the ribbon for a new STEM uh, research lab for the school. You know, the kids huddling around and asking them silly questions. But let me tell you, because he was being pulled away in different directions, like photograph here, interview French media there, a closed media, a closed area. So he's leaving, and I guess he realizes that he hasn't really spent enough time with the kids who were there to be with him and play with him and you know, shoot some hoops with him. He stops his entourage. He takes about five, ten minutes away from that, goes back to two with the kids, signs autographs, takes pictures, throws some hoops up with the kids, and then as he's leaving, he just waves by to the kids. So it was really good to see him be aware of the real reason why he was there is for the children to interact with him and play with him. So I thought that was pretty awesome. Yeah. We, all know, we all know his X's and O's. We get that. You, you know, I think as far as on the court is concerned, right now we're just waiting to see hold right now because we know what he did in the French League. We know what he did with Asville. We know his advanced stats by now. It's just now the next step is just – and he put it together on the NBA court. Now, we'll, we'll def- yeah, we'll definitely get a sneak preview of that coming up soon. Now, you talk, of course, you know, yeah, it's it's much documented what he's done on the court, right? Yeah. And and of course, the showcase he had last year against the G League Ignite, which right. really kind of put him in the forefront of everybody's eyes. But what you mentioned right there, Jeff, is is very telling, man. The the fact that he was self aware to take time yeah. for the kids to, you know. Five to ten minutes to the kids, that might be, you know, in, in hindsight, it's only ten minutes, right? But that makes a lifetime of memories for those kids out in that Harlem right. area. So that's awesome to see. And, that, and the thing I'm taking away is from everything I've seen out of Wemby, all the, me- all the media, all the introductions, all that, he just seems like a well-put-together young man, not right. kind of like your typical 19-year-old kid. Exactly, yeah, and you know, even uh, after the draft was uh, was done, he put the first uh, cap on. Uh, you know, what I like about him, he can go with the flow. So, for what I mean by that is this: you can ask him X's and O question, and he'll answer it as best he can. But when it's time to just mess around and joke with him, he'll do that too. So, for example, 
uh, you know, somebody asked him, hey, what would you put in uh, your breakfast taco? And he just rolled with it. You know, he didn't have a struggle. He didn't pass up with a question. He didn't grimace. He was cringy. He rolled with it. And then I asked him a serious question about playing, well, not playing with, but playing for Tony Parker and Asvel and then playing for Boris Diaw uh, during the press conference. And he was honest, so I like that. He just reigned. He just, the, the range he has is pretty dynamic. And, uh, you know, he tells me that he, that Tony and Boris didn't really teach him anything about the Spurs, that they integrated him. They, they taught him more about integrating himself into the NBA. So, uh, so yeah, he can definitely just roll with it. And I like that. I think, I think he's going to be a really, really good media darling, so to speak, once the NBA season gets going. We're here with Jeff Garcia, Ken's 5 San Antonio, host of the Locked on Spurs podcast. Yeah, that's another observation I've had is that, you know, we've seen Timmy, we've seen Manu, we've seen Tony, you know, the big three, and the way they kind of handled media, they were a lot more guarded, you know what I mean? Yeah. A lot more, yeah, yeah. To, to you know, kept things to the chest. It just seems, like you said, that Wembenyama is going to be much more media-friendly and maybe yeah. possibly a little bit more outspoken as his career, you know, continues. So that's going to be awesome to uh, document and see, and y'all guys will, of course, do a good job on bringing us all that information. Now, uh, a question that, that I have for you, Jeff, because Greg Popovich did come out, and he did say, he did mention Summer League and Wembenyama, and yeah. that there are some plans for him to play in the Summer League. Can you expand on that? Do you know how much he might play, or what is the general sense of his minutes during Summer League? Well, he already revealed that on his final day with um, the Metro's 92 when he was asked by an opposing player if he will play in the summer league. And he said yes, and he, then he answered the how much. He just said a little bit. And what that means, I don't know. But he's, well, he wants to you know, dip his toe into it. Uh, I, I, in my opinion, I could definitely see him playing like a splash at the Sacramento or the, I think it's called the California Classic yeah. uh, Summer League. And then really kind of maybe play more, you know, than a couple of games at the uh, NBA Vegas Summer League. And look, look, and the reason I bring that up is because the Summer League, all teams are, are allowed or going to play at minimum five games with the fifth game to be determined. So that's four definitive games. If I'm the Spurs, I get it out of the way early. I play them with those first two, maybe not the full game, but maybe a half, you know, a quarter here, a half a quarter there. And then because he has to go then join Team France uh, for the basketball Euro Cup that's yeah. coming up this August. So my opinion is he is actually correct. I think it will be a little bit simply because he has a jam-packed summer schedule. Not to mention this, too, he's taking part in the first ever NBA con, kind of like a Comic Con, but NBA con. Oh, wow. Out in, yeah, out in Las Vegas. So and he's a headliner. Yeah, so, uh, yeah of course. And- yeah. And, you know, some of the things that I've been saying, right, you know, here and, and, on my, and on my YouTube feed and whatnot is that, you know, the international eyes are going to be on San Antonio like no other. I mean, the national media will probably be there, you know. the Oh, they're already there. Yeah. They're already there. You yeah. know, e- ESPN will assign a guy that's going to specifically yeah. be there every night to cover Wemby. And, and my thing about this is now that he's in this national media, now that the international media is going to be there, do you think that, this, the scrutiny will come if, you know, obviously, right? He's going to be heavily scrutinized if he doesn't, you know, yeah. you know, play well in one game. And it's going sure. to be almost like the way a LeBron James is heavily scrutinized after one game. Do you right. feel that Wemby has the, you know, wherewithal to handle that kind of pressure? I think he does. 
Um, yeah, and, and the screen is going to come fast and furious. Uh, you know, one poster on him, uh, it's going to be all over, uh, you know, the highlight reel. Yep. You know, somebody crosses him over, drops him to the floor, it breaks ankles, you know, knock away, that doesn't happen. But, you know, that's going to be everywhere. So, and the thing about it is I know he knows it's coming. Like his target, yeah. the, the, the target on his back is massive. Not just from his fellow classmates, and I bring that up because it really felt like this past draft was just a Wimbledon draft, and that was it. Let me tell you, I've gone to many NBA drafts. I, I lost count already. Um, I've never seen it so lopsided, where it was just all about one individual. So usually, uh, NBA draft media day, everybody, whether you're Zion, you're Paolo, you're LeBron James, you're whichever number one pick in the past, everybody gets lumped together. It doesn't matter who you are. Uh, they dedicated an entire wing just to Wemby. And it's just him. That's and crazy. Everybody, everybody else was at a bottom floor, at a different floor. That's crazy. Went, yeah. Yeah, after, after that media session, I went downstairs, you know, and there was. I saw Scoot Henderson. I saw Grady Dick. I saw all the other, Brendan Miller, all those names there. And it was dead. It was dead. Damn. I remember days where I could – where, where I couldn't even get close to Zion. I remember that draft. I couldn't even get close to him in the generic uh, room. I was right in front of Scoot talking to him and, and because everybody just dispersed. As soon as Wimby was over, everybody left. Crazy. And it was a draft, draft night, too. It just felt like it was quiet in the bowels of Barclays. It was just quiet because Wimby did his thing and everybody left. We're here with Jeff Garcia, Ken's 5, San Antonio, Oh, uh, Jeff, it's Aiden here. Uh, I want to I want to uh, talk in terms of uh, uh, this uh, free agency period um, that that's about to happen. Uh, yeah. So we've seen that Wembyana wants to play as a four, and I guess most of us could agree that that would be the perfect place for him to start out his career sure. in. Uh, I, for one, would love the Spurs to go after Brook Lopez uh, because I right. feel like he's a he's a big that you no know, he's not one dimensional. He could play inside, he could, and then he could stretch the floor at times. And he's a he's a solid defender. We've seen that with the Bucks. Uh, sh do you think they sh the Spurs should go after him, and do you think they will go after him? I think I think they should draft him. I don't know if they will target him specifically, simply because I think they have a lot of faith in Zach Collins. Don't forget, at the end of the last season, Popovich made it very clear Zach Collins would be back. This is even before, I mean, I don't know if that's cap read or something, but he said <laughs> flat out. He goes, hey, you know, Zach Collins will be back. Okay. Then I think they're, they're kind of invested in Charles Bassey, the local kid from San Antonio. Yeah. He, uh, he, had some, he had some good positive moments last year. Yeah. I think they're invested in him. Remember, they gave him a pretty good contract, all things considered, uh, last season. And then, of course, you know, you know, there's what are you gonna do with? Uh, I, I, I don't know if you attempt to pronounce his last name, but Mamu, um, M A M U, uh, the big. Yeah, I know you're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, you know, he might be the odd person out in this situation if they do go and just shore up the big man department. But as far as Brook Lopez is concerned, I agree. I think he would make a natural, you know, or just obvious, you know, signing, simply because he has championship experience. Maybe he didn't win it, but I mean, you know. With, with, I mean, what he did with the bus, I forgot. And then, you know, he's, he's burly. He's not afraid to mix it up. He's not afraid to be that enforcer type of player. Uh, and, and I think that would be a great pickup. You know, and everybody's talking about the Spurs needing to target a draft, I'm sorry, a guard, a point guard. You know, I, I think people are discounting Trey Jones. 
I think they really are. Yes, dude. Uh, There's so yeah. many people out there right now on Spurs Twitter, and you know how Spurs Twitter can get, Jeff, oh, yeah. that oh, yeah. they just want to toss Trey Jones to the side. They think he's spare parts as if he can't contribute to this team. You know, before uh, he got traded, Jakob Pertl, I had Jakob as my most improved spur up until the point he got traded. But as the season went on, I was like, you know, Trey Jones is really, really, really impressing me. And again, I get it. His shot is off. But then again, pretty much as of right now, the current roster, nobody really could shoot the ball from Trey Jones to Kelton to Sohan. And I get the idea of shoring up perimeter offense, you know, from long distance. Yep. But what I like about Trey Jones, if he's not that, is that he doesn't need touches. And that with Wimbayama, you want a point guard who is steady and consistent. And that's what Trey Jones was. He was steady and consistent. Also, too, he was available. Rarely was he out of action for injuries. Rarely. Uh, his sister turnover ratio is tremendous, one of the best in the league. Is he undersized? Yes. But as this past playoff run showed, and you know, obviously the last two teams standing, uh, they, nobody really had a, a point guard. I yeah. think that's what I like about Trey Jones. He's a point guard because Wemby's going to need his touches, obviously, then he's going to be the first option. Then it's probably going to be Devin or Keldon, and then who knows who's going to come up next after that. Exactly. Yeah, So, but I, that's what I like about Trey Jones. Look, if they run it back with Trey, I'll be fine with that. That's fine. And I think that's what they're going to do. I think the, the, the Spurs are really invested in Trey Jones. But if they go out and look for another guard, I just hope it's perhaps a, a seasoned guard that provides some more uh, generalship on that court. We're here with uh, Jeff Garcia, Kent's 5 San Antonio, host of the Locked on Spurs podcast. Jeff, we appreciate your time this morning. Uh, we're running a little bit short here. we got to hit the break, but real quickly, yes, real quickly, what is the vibe like in the city right now, San Antonio? I can't even imagine just the energy in that city right now. It's like that old Saturday Night Live uh, skit. Uh, with Christopher Walken, I need more cowbell. It's like, I need more Wemby. That's what it feels like. Everybody just needs more Wemby. And oh, take, Wemby fever is taking all over San Antonio. We love it, man. We love it. For we sure. cannot wait till Wemby hits the court and follow this Spurs team, follow his career. And then, Jeff, of course, you know we're going to be talking, man. We got to keep up with the Spurs, and you're the best guy to do it for us, man. So we appreciate your time. Thank you for doing this. I know you're feeling sick. So an even bigger, <laughs> even bigger thanks for fighting through that, Jeff. You're always one of the best. We appreciate you. Anytime. You got it. All righty, there he goes. Have a good day, Jeff. Jeff Garcia, Ken's 5 San Antonio. When we come back, we got more of your listener reaction. It's a sports grab bag, Sunday Sports Rush. Sunday Sports Rush, last segment. James Aiden and Alex with you. We got about eight minutes left. Shout out to Jeff Garcia for... Speaking with us this morning, Ken's 5 San Antonio, Locked on Spurs podcast, the godfather of Spurs media. We'll have that interview podcasted shortly after the show. So keep an eye on that on 1440keys.com. And of course, our Spotify, search Sunday Sports Rush. Give us a subscribe, rate, all that good stuff. Give us a listen if you missed the show or any part of the show live. War Eagle's back in here on Twitter. It's a sports grab bag. War Eagle is commenting on the picture of Victor Wembenyama at dinner with David Robinson, Sean Elliott, Manny Ginobili, and Tim Duncan. War Eagle says, when I was younger, Robinson was tall. Then came Duncan, who was two. But that pick of Wemby and the rest, OMG, he makes them look like regular people. I know, it's crazy. It's always good seeing, like, the, the Spurs, you know, the, the, 
the all-time great players uh, of the Spurs organization, mentor him, and notice Tony Parker's not there. We don't want Wemby to to replicate his off the field, off the court stuff. Yeah, know? exactly. Yeah, you know, we we want to keep Tony Parker away when Wemby gets a girlfriend. No, on the on the court, you know, yeah, Tony Parker, you're more than welcome to mentor, you know, <laughs> Wemby on the court, but off the court. Just, it's been a fun show. A lot of yeah. Wemby talk. A lot of partying. I want to play the play the Wemby song one more time, please. Please okay. for me. Play it now. Play the Wemby song by, and, and and I need to give credit to this right. to this band. This is the Mariachi Campanas de America out of San Antonio. There we go. Turn it up. I'm not going oh. to. Spurs. Let's go. Go Spurs, go! I love it. I love it. You got a few minutes left. Get in on the text line. Let us know your thoughts on the Spurs and Victor Wembenyama. All right, real quickly, we're in the sports grab bag, so we can do whatever the hell we want this segment. That's pretty much why I named it that. All right, I want to play the audio of Sentence Blake Mitchell because he was at the Major League Baseball Draft Combine. One of the many players from... Coastal Bend High School Was baseball. Jack Bell there as well? Yes. Yeah. Jack, I believe there was a couple other people there. Yeah. So a lot of representation from yeah. the 361 out there. But that, Blake, means, that means Jack Bell's good. But, but yeah, exactly. As, uh, as if we didn't know that already. But, yeah. <laughs> but Blake Mitchell was there and he got interviewed by Jared Carabas. Here's a quick clip of Blake Mitchell being interviewed by Jared Carabas of Major League Baseball's network with Blake right now and uh, there's a couple questions that I want to get into a little bit later but first being a catcher we got to talk leadership you know you're behind the dish you're guiding your pitchers through every single outing what part of your game do you take the most pride in because you've got to hit you're throwing guys out but I've also listened to some pitchers talk about how they feel super comfortable on the mound because they have you behind the plate what do you take the most pride in yeah you know being those, being those pitchers' best friends when you're back there behind the plate is you no know, huge factor. You know, when I'm back there, I want to give them the utmost confidence on the mound when they're up there pitching. So, you know, they have no worries when they're up on the mound. They have full trust in me, full trust in their defense. So I'm just trying to calm the situation, cool them down, and just let them go out there and do their thing. 100%. What a professional answer. Uh, honestly, and I'm going to say this now, I'm going to be very shocked if this kid doesn't pan out because from everything I've seen, from his coolness on the field, even in the face of that game against Bernie, when he got ejected, I didn't see him as mo like angry as the rest of the people. Not only that, he's a great batter, and he seems like he just brings a calming presence to the field, and I feel like he's, as he said, going to be a pitcher's best friend. I feel like he's great behind the plate, he's great batting. And overall, I think this kid's just got it. Yeah, I, I feel like you know he can at least do what Jose Trevino is doing in the in the major league right now. You know, Jose Trevino has been fairly solid for the Yankees since he uh, since he was traded there last year. I feel like Blake Mitchell could replicate replicate that. I, I mean, Carabas likes him. You know, I like him. We all we all do. We all. I mean, look, man, we saw him in that pivotal moment his junior year against Cal Outland. When, you know, Cal Allen was threatening to potentially tie or walk off the game, Blake Mitchell came in there as cool as can be and absolutely just shut it down. We've seen the kid in big moments, and it's just exciting to see that he's getting national recognition. And by all accounts, by everything I've read, he could be a top 15 pick, maybe top 10 in the first round of yep. the Major League Baseball draft. That is how good this kid is. And that's 
good specifically because that means he's going to go to a team that isn't like horrible. Like it, unless it's a team that has a pick from somebody else that's a bad team, that later range in that draft is where you start to see the teams that kind of need just a few pieces to really start a And push. typically when you're a first round pick in Major League Baseball, they kind of you know, they're going to put you, you're going to play a little bit of rookie ball, but you're kind of fast-tracked. You know yes. what I mean? You, you'll go to double-A, you'll get to triple-A, and then within a year or two, they're making their major league debuts because that's just the talent that they have. And especially in a position that he's playing in catcher, that's a position that is needed no matter what team you are. You look at any team across the league, and they can all use a catcher. Of course, you talk about a team like the Phillies who has a JT Real Muto, but you can still always have another guy there because he's getting up in age. There's not that many young, great catchers in the league. Catcher is one of the most important position, if not the most important position on a baseball team. And they are the leader. Yes, and finding one that can be a leader, a calming presence who pitchers love to be around but can also hit really well, that's a rare find. Awesome. So, you know, we wish the best to him. We'll be definitely keeping tabs. Oh, absolutely. I'm going to try my best on that to keep tabs on the draft when I'm overseas. It's going to be a fat chance that I'll be able to, but I will absolutely be checking to see where he went in the draft if he goes. You'll be able to at least keep track on Twitter or something like that. Oh, I'm going to try my best. This is the first player that I've ever got to see in person that's going to get drafted. Of course, I'm absolutely going to watch that. That's incredible right there. So shout out to Blake Mitchell and shout out to all the other 361 baseball players who went to the Major League Baseball's Combine this past week out in Arizona. And that is going to wrap up this edition of the Sunday Sports Rush. We'll have it podcasted on our 1440keys.com podcast page. We'll have it podcasted on Spotify here this afternoon. So if you missed any parts of the show, make sure to download our podcast and give it a listen. Shout out to Jeff Garcia, Ken's 5 San Antonio, once again for getting in this morning. And shout out to everybody who interacted with us on social media and on the text line. Yeah, we love you guys. Yeah, y'all are thankful. We don't have a video. Y'all didn't get to see James doing his uh, dance moves. I'm a fool. Not. I'm a fool, <laughs> but I'm a sports baby. I love it. I love it so much. Great job as always, guys. Aiden, excellent. Yeah, yeah. Alex, you brought it. Appreciate it. All righty, guys. That's going to wrap it up for us. Next week, Dotson Lewis. Yeah, Dotson is back next week for Man Card Court, so that's going to be fun. Alrighty, no more questions for Aiden Ducker, Alex Weister. I'm James Espinosa. No more questions. We'll talk to you next week. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.